We are continuing our study of the names of God, and this series is called There's Power in the Name. We've already looked at uh, about 10 or so names of God in this series. The Elohim, Jehovah, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Mekadashkim, and Jehovah Sidkenu, meaning the strong creator, the self-existent one, the sovereign God of all creation, the Lord who provides, who heals, the Lord is peace, the Lord our shepherd, the Lord my banner, the Lord who sanctifies, and the Lord our righteousness. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to continue, and we'll be looking at Genesis 14. Today we're looking at a name of God of El Elyon, the Most High God. This, the first time that this name of El Elyon is found is in Genesis 14. El or El is a reference to God and is a singular form of Elohim. Elion means most high. So El Elion means the most high God. It may sound familiar a bit because of the name Elohim that we studied earlier in our study. Elohim meaning strong creator. It is Elohim who created all things. Before creation, there was only Elohim. The name El Elyon, the Most High God, and uh, Elohim, the strong creator, are both one in the same God. There is only one God, one creator, one Most High God. Friends, there is nothing or no one higher, greater, or has more authority than El Elyon. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what others might say. It doesn't matter what you might read or what someone might proclaim. God, El Elyon, is supreme and above all. El Elyon is superior to all. El Elyon is to be respected, worshipped, honored above all because he is the Most High God. Friends, El Elyon, the Most High God, has the final say on everything. Let me simply say this. There is no higher, greater authority than El Elyon. Some people may say a doctor has a final word or a final authority on someone's physical healing. But friends, they don't. God has the final word. Someone may say they have the final word regarding your success. They don't. Some may think they have the final word or final say on your employment or advancement. They don't. God has the final word on your finances, health, future, marriage. God has your final word on whether you will have children or not and regarding the battle you are facing today at this moment. You may be facing a spiritual, mental, emotional, 
financial, relational battle, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the battle is. Whatever the case is, it is El Elyon who has the final word. He is the final authority. Things may look impossible, but it's El Elyon, the Most High God, who, you, who, who says and who gives you victory. You will be victorious because of him. You see, nothing is impossible with El Elyon because he has the final word. He is the Most High God. So have your Bibles open up to Genesis 14. This is a story of Abraham and Melchizedek. Abram, this is before his name was changed to Abraham. Abram and his nephew Lot traveled to Cana. They were no longer able to travel together because the land could not support both of their herds, their flocks. God had blessed them so. Abram allowed Lot to choose where he might live, and Lot chose to settle near the city of Sodom. And Abram chose to move his flock throughout the land. The area around Sodom looked good for grazing, but the men of the city were exceedingly wicked and sinful. This played into to Lot what was going to happen. One day, five Canaanite kings of the land battled four other Canaanite kings. One of those kings that were involved in the battle, one of the kings that was defeated, was the king of Sodom. Abram learned that his nephew Lot was taken captive along with many others. And Abram sets out with 318 of, of his men to rescue his nephew Lot. Abram and his 318 men, 318 servants, traveled over 200 miles and defeated the army who had taken Lot captive. Several points before we read this uh, the verses that we're going to be looking at in Genesis 14. Abraham's trained men were not warriors. They weren't, they, they never experienced a battle. Abraham's 318 men were going, against, going up against five kings whose armies totaled in the thousands and whose men were battle-tested. Battle armor with pride because they had just won the battle. Odds were not in favor for Abraham or Abram. On the face of things, a victory looked impossible, but that did not matter to him. And yet, with God, all things are possible. Abram trusted God. With that, if you have your Bibles, Genesis 14, starting at verse 18, it reads this, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine 
He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And be blessed God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Verse 21, the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say I made Abram rich. Let's stop there. Father, I pray that you will anoint the remainder of this time, that, Father, that you will anoint our hearts in Jesus' name. Give us ears to hear, and, Father, uh, minds and hearts to retain the meaning of who you are and how much that helps us to understand. Increase our faith, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. See, Abram and his 318 men defeated the armies of these five kings, and then he returns with Lot and all the other people and goods that were taken captive, and he heads back to the area where Sodom is. When Abram returned, he is greeted by Melchizedek, king of Salem, who is also a priest of El Elyon, the most, the God Most High. Melchizedek speaks a word of blessing over Abram. The blessing is was not just his own blessing, but rather that of El Elyon, the the God Most High, Creator of of heaven and earth. And he gives thanks and blesses God the Most High God, who had delivered the enemies into Abram's hand. In other words, it was not Abram and the 318 men who, who, who brought about the victory, but El Elyon, who delivered the victory into Abram's hands, using as few as 318 men to defeat a battle-tested and victorious army. Melchizedek's uh, blessings may have reminded Abram of the time of years earlier. Abram's mind may have flashed back to the promise of God when he started out for Cana with his nephew Lot. Genesis 12, starting at verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and 
Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. What a promise. What a promise to, to keep within your heart and then to experience a victory and a blessing of God again. See, Abram might have recalled the time that God protected him from Pharaoh in Egypt. Abram uh, might have remembered or would have remembered the time he built an altar at Bethel and called upon the name of the Lord. Abram uh, should have recalled the time that the Lord told him that he would give him and all his descendants the land that he looked upon and walked upon. The name of the God that Abraham worshipped and learned to obey was Jehovah, the self-existent, the eternal I Am. Abram realized that the same Lord God who blessed him at the beginning of his journey is the same Lord God who protected him in Egypt and is now the one who delivered Abram's enemies into his hands and has given him this great victory. He learns another name of this God. Melchizedek, as priest, represented El Elyon, the Most High God. Abram gives Melchizedek a tenth of everything that he brought back from the battle, from the victory over those five kings who had taken Lot and the many other people of, of Sodom and the area captive as well as the goods. It, it appears that Abram gave a tenth of all that he recovered to Melchizedek, the priest of God Most High. He did it with the heart of worship and thanksgiving. Listen to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of Sodom, or pardon me, this Melchizedek was king of Salem, the priest of God Most High. He met Abraham, Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without a father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think, verse 4, just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. See, Scripture tells us that Jesus has become a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, Melchizedek, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life. The name Melchizedek re references him as being king of righteousness and king of peace. This sure sounds like 
Jesus, doesn't it? Melchizedek is a picture of who Jesus is. In verse 22 of Genesis 14, we read how the king of Sodom tells Abraham, listen to this. He says, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Now, I want you to think of this. The king of Sodom, who is a defeated king in battle, who lost everything, walks up to Abram, the person who defeated the armies of those who had already defeated the king of Sodom in battle. He now asks Abram for the people who he had brought back from having been taken captives from him. Don't, don't the spoils belong to the victor? Yet, that is not how the king of Sodom saw it. The king of Sodom wasn't asking, he was kind of telling. The king of Sodom was willing for Abraham or Abram to keep some of the spoils for himself, but the king wanted to continue to be king over a kingdom, over his kingdom. He wanted to rule over the people. The king of Sodom, I feel, is much like the, the enemy of your soul, the, the devil. Remember, Sodom and Gomorrah were, were cities that were far from God. They, the people were wicked and exceedingly sinful. Both in one day will be destroyed by fire and brimstone. Why? Because of their sin and wickedness. The devil is a defeated enemy. And yet, he still wants your heart, your soul. He still wants to rule and have authority over your life and the life of others. The devil will one day be cast into the lake of fire. However, until that day, the devil wants to remain in power and rule over you as long as he can. The devil has already lost the battle. Jesus is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus rose from the dead, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Like the king of Sodom, the devil wants everything back. When you place your faith in Jesus, the devil lost. He lost your heart. He lost your authority over you because you turned your life over to Christ. But, listen to this. He will try to rule over you time and again. He won't ask to rule over your entire heart, only a portion. You can still feel good about yourself. You can still feel like you're victorious. You can still feel like you're okay. You may have asked Jesus in your heart. You may be a person of faith, and yet the enemy of your soul still wants you to relinquish a part of your heart to him. He will 
he will settle for a small corner of your heart in the beginning. If he can rule uh, your life in certain areas, he still has power over you. You see, the devil knows if, if you will allow him a small area, a small part of your heart, uh, then you're not 100% sold out for Jesus. Friends, God desires your whole heart. He desires all of you, body, soul, and spirit. Let me ask, is El Elyon the most high God in your life? Or have you allowed the ruler of this world or maybe something else to gain a foothold in your life? Friends, the king of Sodom wanted to remain in control, and so does the enemy of your soul. Abram wanted nothing to do with the king of Sodom, and I, I hope you want nothing to do with the enemy of your soul. Abraham refused to allow anything to tie him to the king of Sodom, and I hope you refuse to allow anything to tie yourself to, to the desires of this world or to the devil, of the enemy of your soul. Abraham refused all the spoils of battle that the king was going to allow him to keep. Abraham was not going to allow the king of Sodom to say that he blessed him. or made him wealthy in any way. You see, Abram knew who blessed him. It was El Elyon. Abram knew in his heart who was the true ruler of the earth. It was El Elyon. All authority and power comes from God Most High. All authority or power all, uh, let me say that, let me, let me reword that. All other authority or power is limited and only temporary. This is true for the king of Sodom and all the other worldly kingdoms. God gives them authority for a time, just as he did for so many kings. See, this is true for the enemy of your soul as well, the devil. Look at verse 22 of Genesis 14 once again. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth. I have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a throng of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say I made Abram rich. Abram pledged his allegiance to the Lord God Most High, not to the king of Sodom. Abram is, is saying in these verses that he raised his, his hands Really, I believe in worship and submission to the Lord God Most High. We've already looked at the, the name Lord, uh, having all capital letters. If you, see, if you look, look in your Bible, sometimes Lord has all capital letters, and some uh, other times uh, the Lord is, the L is capital, and the rest are lowercase. 
but the name Lord with all capital letters refers to Jehovah. We've seen this in our previous study, meaning the self-existent God of, of all creation. Abram is saying he raised his hands to Jehovah Elion. The I am of all creation is the most high God. Abram links both names together here and is acknowledging that he understands that Jehovah Elion, who is the self-existent and most high God of all creation, and that it is Jehovah Elion, who is the I am, the most high God that he answers to. It is Jehovah Elion who gave Abram the victory. It is Jehovah Elion who is the eternal king of all the earth, not the king of Sodom. Do not accept the kind of thinking that today's society wants you to believe. Do not think that you are successful or, or are blessed because someone gave you a helping hand or that you did it and accomplished it by your own ability. Your blessing, your success, the victory in life comes from Jehovah Elion, the self-existent one, the most high God of all creation. I want you to understand that there is no authority even close to God, to El Elyon. Sure, the devil may want to think that he's powerful. He may, he may want you to think or assume that he has total authority on the earth, but he doesn't. Rather, God has given him only a limited and temporary authority, temporary reign on the earth. He may think that he will be like God, but he is simply believing his own lie that was birthed in his evil and sinful heart. Abram knew where his strength comes from. It comes from El Elyon, the God Most High. In Scripture, we see that David recognized God as El Elyon. Uh, look at me. At, uh, look at with me at. Psalm 57, starting in verse 1, Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Psalm 78, verse 35. They remembered that God was their rock, that God most high was their redeemer. But then they would flatter him with their mouths, lying to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time, he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. Verse 56. But they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High. They did not keep his statutes. 
Like their fathers, they were disloyal and faithless, as unreliable as a faulty bow. Friends, David understood that God was possessor of heaven and earth. The Israelites understood it, but they didn't act it. David knew that God was his redeemer and that God was faithful. David knew that God's faith, uh, forgiveness and that God would extend his mercy to all who call upon his name. Scripture tells us that David sinned, and yet we know that David had a heart after God because David sought God and repented for his sins. David learned to trust God with all of his heart. David also knew that God would protect and fulfill his promises in his life and the lives of those who believe in him. In the book of Daniel, we read the story of the three Hebrews who, who were thrown into the fiery furnace. They, they trusted God to deliver them from the furnace, and God did. It was an impossible situation, but there was victory. The result is seen in Daniel 3, 26. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the, what? Most high God, come out, come here. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar recognized that their God was the most high God. But yet in a few years, and until a terrible course of events that happened, Nebuchadnezzar was then humbled by God. And he professes that God is the most high. And this time he meant it. Daniel 4, 32 you will be driven away from people and you will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His body was uh, drenched with dew from heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like claws of a bird. Verse 34, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. Nebuchadnezzar once was a proud and powerful ruler, but soon he recognized God to be greater than all the rulers of the earth. You see, there are some in society who will never admit that there is a God. There are some in society who will never admit that, uh, that they are 
have limited authority. Others will refuse to believe Jesus is the Son of God. Some will say they believe, and yet by their actions they show their contempt for the things of God. Still others know that God is God. They know that God is the Most High, and still they think they will be okay and strive to be like God in their own ways. They say and believe in word, and yet their actions say something quite differently. One such example is the enemy of your soul, the devil. The devil knows and knew God, but did not worship God as God. Isaiah 14, 12 says this, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the most high of sacred mountain. I will ascend to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. You see, the devil himself admitted that God was El Elyon, the Most High God. Friends, one day the enemy of your soul, the devil, will be cast into the pit. However, until that day, he will strive to make himself like the Most High God. He will strive to be uh, uh, the authority in your heart. But strive is all he will ever do. He will never fully succeed. The devil will attempt to trick you into thinking that you can be like God, much like he tricked Adam and Eve in the garden. Mankind's sinful nature is at odds with God and with living as a child of God. Yet, God extended his love towards mankind, towards you and I, and made a way of escape from the bondage of sin and death in Jesus Christ. God sent his one and only son, and because of Jesus, the righteous one, who died for the unrighteous. And Jesus rose on the third day over death, hell, and the grave. Death has no hold on us. Sin has no hold on us. When a person places their faith in Jesus, their spirits are made alive in Christ, and they are saved. Walk in faith and victory each day and every day. Resist the devil and he will flee. Call out to Jesus in faith. Put on the full armor of God. And like Abram, you may do battle in the physical, but God will give you victory. You may be victorious. You will be victorious spiritually. Do not give the devil a foothold in your life. Abram refused to give the king of Sodom a foothold in his life by refusing to accept anything from 
his hand from a defeated king. Abram refused to give the devil a foothold in his life. Abram, Daniel, the three Hebrews, along with David and, yes, Nebuchadnezzar and millions upon millions of others down the ages have chosen to worship and proclaim God as El Elyon, the Most High God. So let me ask, is El Elyon the Most High God in your life? Who sits on the throne of your heart? Do you or El Elyon? Does some fleshly desire or El Elyon? Does the enemy of your soul, drugs or, or whatever, or El Elyon? Know this, God is sovereign, that he rules, know that he rules the universe, know that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present. He has put the stars in the sky and spoke the world into existence. Oh, you may feel discouraged and alone because of this COVID virus. You may be wondering, where is God? You may be thinking that things look hopeless and helpless. This virus has taken your joy captive. This virus has done havoc in your heart, in your life. Don't let it anymore. This virus has done havoc in the world and in families around the globe. The events in some cities are heartbreaking. People are being hurt and killed and property destroyed. Things look out of control, but all is not lost. The battle is won. The enemy is already defeated. Do not give in to fear. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will give you the victory. He will fight today's battle for you. Do battle in the spirit and pray. Cry out to El Elyon, the most high God. Call out to the Lord Jehovah, the I am, the self-existent one. Cry out to Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom. Cry out to Jesus, your Redeemer. It is because of Jesus you have victory. Remember this. No authority, no ruler, no person, or what you allow to be authority, or who thinks they are authority, to be God. You see, no God, no authority is higher, greater, or more worthy to be praised than El Elyon, the Most High God. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you that you are El Elyon, Most High God. And Father, right now, those who are listening, I pray that they dwell upon your names, the names that we have studied, that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, you're eternal, that you are the healer, the giver of life, you are the Most High God. And may that 
knowledge of who you are. Strike up a victory song in their hearts. May it may hope and faith arise that the battle that they might be facing, the enemy that might be charging towards them, in Jesus' name, that enemy is defeated. May we take a stance on the power and the name of God in every area of our life and push back the enemy. He is a defeated foe. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Keep us from evil, I pray. And you be glorified in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen. Amen.